Thank you. I'm done. <laughs> I do want to say um, thank you for those for Veterans Day, which is Monday. Um, all of you who have, have served and done useful things in the community, I have to honestly say, as I've been going through the study of Ecclesiastes, I have made my living out of Hevel. Um, I have been in the live entertainment industry for more years than I want to remember. And for 20 of those years, I worked for the Walt Disney Company. And my specialty within live entertainment with Walt Disney Company was fireworks, which is the absolute definition of Hevel. It is here one second and then gone. Um, I used to joke that on a good day, all my work would go up in smoke. On a bad day, it would sit on the ground, and I'm explaining to guys like Dale what went wrong and how we're going to fix the problem. So in that, you know, I appreciate what everybody else brings to the table um, because mine was simply to entertain people. In the last few years, I've kind of changed that to where I've really kind of wanted to do more than just make things go away. Um, so I've been working more with Habitat. I'm now working with schools doing um, facilities development to give learning spaces for children. So for me, that is, is more fulfilling than just blowing things up for a living, although there is a certain level of frustration relief that, you know, when I worked for Disney and it was a bad day and you're a little annoyed with your president, vice president, vice president with silver oak leaves, whatever, I could go out into the back 40, blow something up, and, you know, life was pretty good. <laughs> so uh, Jack has tagged me um, with uh, Ecclesiastes, and I'm working on verses 8 through 15. Um, I am reading out of the NASB, uh, starting with verse 8. He who digs a pit may fall in it. A serpent may bite him who breaks through the wall. He who quarries stones may be hurt by them. He who splits logs may be endangered by them. If the axe is dull and he does not sharpen it, its edge, he, may, he must exert more strength. Wisdom has the advantage of giving success. If a serpent bites before being charmed, there is no profit to the charmer. The words from the mouth of a wise man are gracious, while the lips of a fool consume him. In the beginning his talking is folly, and in the end it is wicked madness. Yet a fool multiplies words. No man knows what will happen, and no one can tell him what will come after him. The toil of a fool wearies him so that he does not even know how to go to the city. Part of me says is that the words of folly means I should just sit down now and be done. Um, but I am going to, to, to grind on. The first few verses of that I look at as kind of warnings and admonitions of kind of like OSHA rules. You know, if, if you do something, you're going to get hurt. You could get hurt. Um, what I did, or, what, or actually what happened this week, is I had everything written, and then I wrote the questions, and the questions then said, go back through the challenge verses of the last few months and pull out some of the admonitions that may have been in those scriptures um, since we've been going through James and, and the others. So in Galatians 5, I found, you uh, starting with verse 13, 
You, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, but rather to serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So again, it was, I found it interesting now as I've gone back through and been rereading on the daily basis that those verses are just jumping right out at me, you know, instead of, you know, as, as um, Pat Williams was saying, go back through and reread it and things will jump to you as you do that. And these kept jumping to me. Now, when I got to verse 10 um, about the applying wisdom to make your life easier, um, we have all experienced dull knives, dull axes, dull saws, dull chisels, and the fact that you've had to work harder because they were not sharp. Now, that lesson in my life I learned rather painfully as a young man because I grew up in the Northeast and we were out in the woods trimming up trees, and I started my day with a sharp hatchet, and about two-thirds of the way through the day, that hatchet was no longer sharp, and I went and swung on a, a limb on a tree, and it bounced. The next thing it hit was my kneecap. That was not as hard as the uh, tree limb. So 12 stitches later, I learned the uh, very good lesson that you're, you have to be sharp. If you are dull, you are going to exert a lot more energy in your life, and things are not going to go well. I, I mean, it's, it's in this room. There are I've, I didn't see whose T-shirt it was on today, but... Um, Proverbs 27:17 As iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another. Our purpose is to be sharpening each other. But to be willing to do that, we have to be malleable. We have to be willing to take to that sharpening. Um, otherwise, we're here as a social group. And, and for me, that is not what I'm looking for. Um, this group has been wonderful for me. You know, I've gone through various groups as, as I've been in this area, and, and I'm a bit of a slow learner with this group. I actually was invited by Tim Proctor. You went live, what, five years ago with this? So when you were first going live, Tim was helping you with some stuff, and he said, man, you got to go see this group. Now, it took me two and a half years to get there, but I'm, you know, I got there eventually. Um, also, the, the next set of verses there, um, the words of a wise man are gracious. I also believe that they are few. Um, I have been blessed in my life to work with and for men and women who are both very smart and very gracious in, in sharing their knowledge and their wisdom to make my life an easier process. Um, the key to that is we have to be willing and teachable to learn from other people. Um, James 1.19 reminds us that we as Christians should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. One of the things for, within the Disney company that I found wonderful was the classes that they would teach to help you be better cast members and to serve in the... Um, serve in the parks. And one of those classes was interpersonal communications. And 
there were two monomics that uh, they taught that kind of stuck with me. One is called think, and the other one is called thanks. Um, think is, the, starting with the T, is it true? What you are speaking, are you speaking, is it truth? If not, then stop right there. Is it helpful? Is it helpful to this situation? Are you adding to the conversation, or are you just saying words of the fool? Is it inspiring? Are you lifting the person up that you are talking to? Is it necessary? Is what you're saying adding to the conversation? If it's not, stop right there. And is it kind? Speak your words out of kindness. Um, I have, and I have to watch it, I have a a sarcastic sense of humor. It's part of the world that I lived in, in the entertainment world. Um, You know, in the entertainment world, we used to to affectionately refer to within a crew um, as you kind of had what they called the enemy of the day. That is the guy on the crew that was going to get picked on all day long. Um, And it just kind of, you, you had to have a thick skin to deal with that. Now, the other one is thanks, and I kind of follow thanks a little more than think. Again, is it truthful? Is it helpful? Is it affirming? So instead of inspiring, is it affirming? Are you affirming the person giving them worth in what you're saying? Again, is it necessary? Do you need to even be opening your mouth? Is it kind? And then the last one is, is it sincere? Are you speaking honestly? Um, We've all been, you know, and unfortunately in this timeline right now, it is political season. I think it's always political season, but for the next year it's really political season. And and you're listening to a lot of talking heads, and are they really being sincere, or are they just saying words that they think people want to hear? So, in kind of following with that, I have to bite my tongue when I'm in a conversation because my brain is racing ahead and wanting to answer the question before they finished asking it. So I've learned to stop and, and think and go through that process before I open my mouth. Am I successful at that? No. Do I try? Yes. Now, I was going through this, Ephesians 4:29 kind of jumped out at me. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Be kind and compassionate to, the one, who, uh, to one another, forgiving each other as Christ forgave you. And then in Ephesians 5, verse 4, Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. And then verse 6, Do not uh, deceive. Let no one deceive you with empty words. May you, again, going back to the thinker thanks, what is coming out of your mouth? Are you helping in that situation. Um, The other one was, which does kind of cut at times for me 
especially when I'm driving, is James 3, starting with verse 9. With the tongue we praise our Lord and uh, our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings. We have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. If I am driving on I-4, the likelihood of praise coming out of my mouth is slim. So I have to stop and go... Okay, if I'm, you know, listening to the Z and speaking those words in one side, then I can't be wishing well upon my fellow drivers as I'm going down I-4. So, um, in closing, one of the things that I, I, I just kind of wanted to... Um, one of the shows after I left Disney um, that I had the privilege of touring for 11 years was a show called The Rock and the Rabbi. Um, it is a wonderful show. Unfortunately, it's not being done that much. Um, it is the story of Peter and Jesus from their meeting through resurrection. It is a story of, of both spoken word, and it is spoken from the perspective of Peter. Um, it is both scripture and music and it's wonderfully done. And in the hundreds of times that I've listened to that show and done it, there is one set of verse that cuts me absolutely every time. And that is Mark 7. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile him? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of the body. This is Jesus talking about food, whether food is clean or unclean. He went on, when a person, um, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within and out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come from, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. These are the evils that come from the outside and defile a person. And, and every time I would hear that scripture, it would cut through me to go, examine your heart. Where are you and what are you doing? And then I would have to counter with love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. And, and if I could consistently do that, my days went better. So I thank Jack for this opportunity. I believe now it is up to the table captains to go forth. Up. Oh, I have a gentleman approaching. <laughs>